Hello, welcome to First Person, a podcast brought to you by Coleman FBC. I'm Chuck, and during the next few minutes, I'll join you, the listener, as we meet and get to know others in the First Baptist family. Together, we'll learn about them, their families, and what brought them to Coleman. First, I want to thank the production team of Karen Harmon and Vance Donahue for their help in making this podcast available. Well, we're joined today by a special friend, and uh, we've asked Robert Franklin if he'll come by and talk to us for our podcast, our first-person podcast. So um, we've had... I'm excited about this this podcast because it's going to be a little bit different. We have two people with us, and we're going to be talking about some special things that have happened uh, in our church over the last uh, last several weeks, actually. And so I have two gentlemen with us, but I want to start today with Robert Franklin and just let you get to know him uh, like we do in our normal first-person podcast. So welcome, Robert. It's good to be with you, Chuck. Uh, Glad to have you. It's good to have you. I had your wife several months back and we talked with her and then and we really enjoyed that so i kind of know a little bit of your history i know i know about your family and all that kind of stuff and i will tell you this like probably all the rest of us you probably outkicked the coverage as they say absolutely are you married up what's that country song uh i married it up she married way way down you know all that kind of stuff nah no, but but really, I mean, uh, she's a sweet lady, a precious lady. I know you have a beautiful family, but tell us first. Tell us about Robert, where Robert's from, uh, where you know how where he grew up, how he grew up, all those kind of things. Well, I was born in Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, my father was uh, in school at Florida State. He was in music ministry, like yourself. Um, and his first job, oddly enough, took him took us to Texas, the Panhandle of Texas. His first job was at Wayland Baptist College. And uh, he had a small church in Panhandle, Texas, and then actually worked at Wayland Baptist during the week. And so we stayed out there till probably about the third grade. And then uh, we had an opportunity to move back closer to family. And so he was at First Baptist Demopolis uh, with A.L. Courtney. Uh, A.L. is actually who married Lisa and I. And um, he actually uh, did a portion of my father's funeral that you, you attended. And uh, great, great guy. And so we left there after about four years. And my father went to First Baptist Mobile. So I actually call Mobile home because I lived there basically through middle school, through high school, and attended University of South Alabama as well. And so you have, do you have siblings like brothers, sisters? I do. I have uh, one older sister, two years older, and she actually moved back out to Texas. And she's been living in Galveston, Texas for probably 15, 20 years now. Right. So somewhere along the way, you met this sweet lady. And uh, tell me how that came about. Well, uh, oddly enough, uh, I had just gotten saved. I got saved my senior year in college. And um, and so um, I was attending uh, Cottage Hill Baptist Church, and they had Dr. Fred Wolf, who was kind of like Tom Richter. Anytime he opened the word, you didn't want to miss. And so... Um, so I was uh, attending there and actually was uh, going into a uh, college and career class, and she walks in the door, and, and as soon as she walked in, I was like, that, there she is, you know. And That's obviously, history, she, right? yeah. she, it took her a little longer. <laughs> but uh, for me, it was, uh, it, she was the one. Right. Well, that, uh, that's great. So, and then and you have two children, is that correct? Yes. All right. Tell us about those. I know that's um, a, Yes, Sweet and thing. in fact, let me give a shout out to Anna Grace, my youngest daughter. She turns 22 today, and wow. just want to say happy birthday to her. Uh, 
Uh, she is a senior at Sanford uh, studying nursing, and uh, she's a joy and delight. And then uh, Marissa just came, just got married um, two months ago, and and uh, uh, to Joey Fryer, and they're they're going to make their uh, home in Chattanooga. And Marissa just came off uh, an IMB two year stint in Turkey, uh, and so she's she's wonderful as well. Yeah, uh, they're precious, and I remember her being in Turkey and and the things that us praying for her and having her own stuff at here at church. And so I know you're proud of those girls. Those little girls are hard to beat. Aren't Absolutely, they? and don't have any grandchildren yet, uh, obviously, but. But that's even better. If trust me on that one, that's even that it gets even better. So, well, that's that is great. And like I say, I I uh, I've enjoyed getting to know your family. You guys are an integral part of the First Baptist family, and um, so I just appreciate all that you do, all that you're involved in. Uh, do you serve as a deacon? I can't remember. You? I do. I thought you did. Yeah. And so, how long have you guys been at First Baptist? Wow, uh, we came here in '96. And um, so we've been here 26 years now. And uh, so um, so we've been a part of First Baptist for over a little, a little over 25 years. Yeah. So kids grew up here and Absolutely. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's great. Well, I mentioned that this was going to be a little bit different than our normal first-person uh, broadcast. And I asked a few weeks back, I, uh, we did a podcast with Stanley Dye. We did one with Alan Dunkling, and and in those podcasts, we talked about a special trip that you guys were going to be making to the Philippines, and a, I think kind of a really unique uh, mission trip. And uh, I've asked Scott Carlin, our executive pastor, if he will join us. And I just wanted to talk with both of you guys a little bit, and maybe we're going to have dueling mission stories. I don't know what <laughs> what it would be, but I did want to just ask you a little bit about it, ask you about that trip, because I... You know, Stanley, when he was talking to us, he was excited about it beforehand. And I thought, well, this would just be great if I can talk with you guys for our podcast. And, you know, I know you were at, you did prayer meeting last night, did the prayer service. And, but I, I really do love it when our, our people are able to hear real personal missionary things. And I know that our church is a truly a mission church. And so I can't think of a greater example of that than what you guys just got back from. So welcome, Scott. Thanks, Chuck. It's always good to be with you. We're together a lot, aren't we? We are. We, we are. Scott Scott serves as our executive pastor, as I mentioned, and and uh, he's just down the hall from me, and or I'm just down the hall from him, however you want to look at it. But uh, we see each other bright and early every morning. We may be the old guys because we always get here first, don't we? We do. And we, Chuck, you always serenade us, you know, especially on Thursday morning after Wednesday night. You, you reel out that guitar, and, you know, it's just a— Melodious time. Yes, I do. It's a, I consider it my contribution to the staff morale, sort of. Now they don't always receive it that way, but I always, but I do it that way. Uh, well, Scott, give us just a little bit of background about you and your family. I know most people know you because you're on staff. You teach a lot of Sunday school classes and all that kind of stuff. But just kind of tell us. I know you have a better half, believe me. And uh, but I just tell us a little bit about your family and those kind of things, and then we'll we'll talk about the trip. Yeah, I, I do have a better half. I mean, well, I might maybe better than half, maybe three quarters. But uh, Sheila and I moved here, gosh, it's three and a half years ago. Um, before that, we were in Lubbock, Texas. I was on staff at First Baptist Church Lubbock for almost 11 years. And then uh, um, Tom called and um, invited me to, I'd never heard of Coleman, uh, 
but uh, we have family in Mississippi, Louisiana, and in Georgia. And so this was kind of a central location for us. And then also um, have the privilege of working with Tom. And so we just fell in love with, with Coleman, this area, but especially this church. I mean, this is just a great, great church. We have three kids. Uh, I have Jared. Um, he's an accountant. And then we have Mackenzie. She's a nurse. And Courtney, uh, she is married to a guy on, that, who's on staff at First Baptist Church Stan, San Antonio. And uh, so they're all kind of scattered around, but uh, got a great family. Sweet folks. And, and do love your wife. She's, a, she's definitely a, a better half or something, as you said. Well, let's talk about the, the trip to the Philippines. First, I guess, uh, Robert, maybe you can tell me. Tell me how it came about, like the inception, how it was that you guys became um, involved in possibly doing this particular ministry trip. And uh, then, Scott, I'll ask you a couple questions, but tell us about the inception, how it began, who came up with it, what the idea of it was. Um, Well, you know, actually, um, uh, Stanley Dye and uh, Stanley Kilgore, Stanley Kilgore runs 4G Ministries, and uh, he's on the ground in the Philippines you know, a lot goes there uh, several times throughout the year. And uh, so he saw a need for um, a ministry to that age group. And uh, oddly enough, um, Filipinos love basketball. And so we just, he just thought that, you know, that would be a great vehicle to share the gospel, uh, having a basketball camp. And so, um, and so it, it was passed down to Stanley Dye, and then Stanley Dye actually kind of presented it to our group on, uh, we have a men's Bible study on Wednesday nights, and uh, it was presented there, and so we, we've kind of made it run from there. All right, so it kind of germinated from your men's Bible study, and then it kind of took the, took the ball to run with it, and uh, I'm of the opinion, that, I, and I would hope you'd share this opinion, that somehow or the other, God puts these teams together and it's just always interesting to me the way that it works, where this person's gifts and talents and this person's whatever it is about their personality, all united by the love of Christ, but they put teams together, and that particular team kind of took shape. So, Scott, tell us down the road, how did you become involved with this endeavor? Well, in my past, I have uh, done basketball mission trips, did one in college, one while I was in seminary, and then one when I was— uh, um, working as a campus minister. And so basketball has been in my background. I played ball in high school and college and just have always loved it. And so when I heard about this trip, it intrigued me. And so it was about a month or so before they, these guys were getting ready to leave. And I was just praying about this summer. And I just felt impressed by the Lord to at least go, well, you know, I wonder if they need somebody else to go. I don't know. Didn't know if they had their team together. Um, didn't want to add anything that you know. Didn't want to create more numbers than because sometimes these trips are tough if you got too many people going. So I called Stanley Dye, and oddly enough, we'd all already had I think somebody drop out. So I was able to fill a spot on the team. So Robert, so tell me how this is supposed to work. So you, uh, Scott mentioned that it was basketball. So and so, you guys put together a team. Now, one of the things that intrigued me was you guys getting together to practice and get ready to do that. I thought that was kind of interesting. And so, tell us how all that worked, and then tell us how that actually the plan was for using basketball 
and then to make it part of uh, part of this mission and part of be able to share Christ with with these young folks. Well, let me take you through a, a day itinerary uh, of the camp. I, I think that might be useful. Um, we basically uh, stayed at a place that was probably uh, 20 minutes from the gymnasium. And so we would use that commute time to pray uh, for those kids and for empowerment and enablement for the, the camp. And then um, we always started off the camp with a devotion and, uh, you know, one of our leaders from First Baptist would lead that devotion, and then we would get into skills and drills. And then during our first break, uh, while the kids would hydrate, uh, we would introduce the Evangicube, which is a, a great visual presentation of the gospel. And so uh, we would do that in groups of 10, and um, and then we would go back to skills and drills and then transition to, to games and then... And then we would have lunch. And at the tail end of lunch, we would also do another devotion. And and then we'd go back to, to games and finish it at 2.30. So the camp basically went from 8.30 to 2.30. And so one of the things we were most proud about is that they got several opportunities to hear a clear presentation of the gospel. And obviously with 33, uh, almost 70% coming to Christ, that was that wow. was a— a big, big deal. So yeah. go God so, on that. Yeah. So that was the number. I was just curious. Uh, what, so what was the actual number? I know uh, you said 33. 33 of right? 50. Yeah. Wow. That's just, in, that's incredible. And so, and this camp lasted for what, five days? Is that what it was? Or four? Uh, actually, two and a half days. Two and a half days. Okay. I got you. I didn't really know exactly how long it was because my understanding, it was a nice, casual little flight to the Philippines, right? It was just a lot of fun, and you guys got to you, – did you – Scott, did you get enough bonding time with these guys? That would be my question. <laughs> well, Chuck, I mean, anytime you spend uh, 36 hours traveling uh, with a group of guys, you get to know them really, really well. And actually, that was probably one of the highlights for me, not only, of course, seeing those young men pray to receive Christ, but just getting to – Get to know these guys and spend time with them and uh, hear coaching stories. Um, that was probably one of the most interesting things to hear coaching stories from all these guys over the years. Uh, just really, really was a lot of fun. So tell us who the team was. Who, was that five guys, six guys? I can't remember. Scott, you go ahead and tell us who the, who the team was. I'll let, I'll let Robert. <laughs> I'll let Robert fill in all those details. Okay. Well, we had uh, – uh, coach Mike Dean, who was a longtime coach at Coleman High School, and he he basically uh, coached the rest of us up. He he, uh, he he's in that line of fire, and and so Coach Dunkling, who's a former uh, principal, former football coach at Good Hello Hope, Dunkling, yeah, yeah, he went with us, um, and then we had obviously Scott, and he had some background in uh, collegiate basketball, and and, and so uh, and then Stanley Dye went. And then Stanley Kilgore and myself, and so, you know, I, I guess you should never be surprised at, at what God does or doesn't do. But right. it, it, I'm always fascinated with how uh, He put this team together. And and as I reflect back, I don't know that He could have. Everyone brought a, something different to the table that that other someone else couldn't have brought, and so it was just kind of a cool mixture. Mixture, yeah. Um, just thinking about over the, over those men that you named off, they're all they're all super talented in all kinds of different ways, I'm sure, and they just have a great passion for serving. When I interviewed Alan Dunkling, he was talking about he had never really 
several years ago when he surrendered to, he'd been a Christian, but he surrendered to the idea, to the concept, said, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. And, and since then, he was talking about how God has opened doors to do, to be able to get to do so many of these things. And I think this was kind of one of those things, if I understand correctly. So um, it was great. I mean, it, I know for him, it was a great opportunity to do that. And of course, Stanley Die, and we're talking about people here, but he's so shy. <laughs> you know, he never has any any word for anybody. So, and I don't really know Stanley Kilgore that well, but uh, both of those guys having been pastors, I'm sure they're they're exuberant uh, in their you know in their outlook and the way they do things. Scott, let me ask you this: So, First Baptist is is involved in a lot of different things, and, and we do a lot of different things. We like benevolence or uh, food, you know, food pantry, all these different missions things. Kind of give us a, uh, from an executive pastor standpoint, kind of a thumbnail sketch of what our missions looks like at First Baptist, like conceptually how we do it, you know, those kind of things. Just kind of a flyover of the things we were involved in, how this came to be, the process of missions work, like a, a trip like this, how these things kind of take place. Well, a lot of the trips are really, you know, um, I guess what you call from the ground up. When folks hear of opportunities, I mean, we have opportunities with the North American Mission Board, uh, with the IMB. Uh, those are both entities that are supported by Southern Baptists. But then also there's there's just a lot of need in the world, and we have a diverse congregation. And so different people uh, find, you know, different places where they have a, a passion. And then if that passion um, is something that needs some help, and then— uh, we're able to help fund um, people going and meeting those needs all you know at different places just around the around the globe. Uh, this particular trip, um, one of the reasons I think I was excited about it, not only what did it have basketball, but the emphasis was was definitely evangelism. And it used a uh, vehicle that met the talent and skill level of these guys for for coaching. With a real need, um, one of the one of the things that to me was so intriguing about this is that culturally the Philippines is much like what you and I might think of being back in the 1970s. Uh, it's a very family oriented culture. Um, there's 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 a simplicity to that culture that in a lot of ways maybe we've lost here in the United States, and because of that there was a real openness to the gospel. Uh, these young men were all connected to church plants. Now, they weren't believers, but these that's how they had heard about this camp. And so they came, and again, that's one of the most, to me, one of the most uh, uh, helpful things about this trip, or, or really any trip, is when you can go and serve, but, but connect to a local church, so that when we leave, we know that the the folks that we've ministered to, that we've shared the gospel with, that they're going to be tied to a local congregation, that there's somebody in their culture that can speak their language and connect with them and help them uh, grow wherever they are in their walk with Christ. Um, And so these 33 uh, young men who all prayed to receive Christ are now connected to local bodies. because that work was already going on. 
And so that, to me, is one of the most rewarding things about this trip or about any trip, that, that if we can go share the gospel but know that, that we're planting seeds, that, then that allows God to use other people to water it and to bring that, you know, that, that life to where they to really grow in their relationship with Christ. One of the things that I thought was really neat, and I, I know we do this, but by, by coming alongside a ministry that was already involved in the work there— like 4G or, you know, those kind of things that it gives you a leg up, I'm assuming, because they're already involved there. They know the lay of the land. They've, they've already been working there. And you just kind of, you know, our folks come alongside that particular ministry and really help, help them. And so um, I thought it was, a, it, was a, it was a great thing. Well, fellas, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for you guys, and I hope we get to do. Robert, do you know anything about future missions plans or, or anything like that? Well, you know, one of our hopes uh, is that um, that this potentially could be a um, a yearly, annual type thing, and and so we're gonna we're gonna be busy about uh, the process of recruiting uh, some others to go with us uh, potentially uh, next year, and um, and just see what the Lord has for us in that yeah. regard. So, so if you're listening to this and you need to be praying about that, you know, saying, look, maybe that's something that that I need to do, or not that, or maybe you can't go far, far away. There's so much to do here. So, But I appreciate you guys. Thank you for going. Thank you for coming in and taking a little time just to tell us about it, kind of update us on the, the way that it went, the results, and those kind of things. And One thing, Chuck, I do want to mention, and that is that we had a number of Sunday school classes participate in this trip as well. I mean, they you know supported financially, prayerfully, I can't tell you how many people ask me about this trip, uh, and not only me, but all these guys on the trip. So that it was really a neat thing for, as we went, as we were there, but also coming back just to feel the support of our congregation and knowing that we were just representing um, our church. And so that that's another aspect of this is it really is a, a privilege to go and serve, but know that you're going and serving uh, knowing that there's a lot of people that are that have you back uh, in prayer, but also financially. And if I could piggyback off that, um, one of the Sunday school classes raised over $1,500 to provide basketballs. And so we had 50 kids at the camp and we had 50 basketballs. And each kid at the end of the camp got a basketball. And just to put that into perspective, it's such a poverty-stricken place that a basketball represents a year's wages. Wow. And so it was Christmas morning when those, those guys got a basketball. A big, a big thing. So point being that even if you're not the one that actually physically goes, you can have be, be part. You can be involved. And, and so, of course, financially, but prayerfully, that prayerful support. Uh, and so as a church, we need to get behind these things. But but making us aware was really good on this trip. Y- y'all did a good job. People did a good job of making sure it stayed in front of us and that kind of thing. So it was good. It was good for all of us to share in the the work that you went, you guys, your team went and did. And so, man, God's good. And uh, and First Baptist is being blessed. So I thank you guys for the friendships. I thank you for getting to know you. But most of all, I thank you that you're brothers in Christ and that we serve together. So thank you for coming in. Have a good day, and I mean, I hope it turns out to be a great one for you. Thanks for sharing your time with us. Absolutely. Thanks, Chuck. Thank you for listening to First Person. I want to encourage you to share this podcast with friends and family.